This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Calculine. The Calculine is a free tool you can get by simply going to calculine.com. That's C-A-L-C-U-L-I-E-N.com, calculine.com. And it's a free tool that allows you to easily calculate the 45 and 90 day deadlines for notice to owners, liens, and bond claims. No more counting on your fingers to figure out when your notice to owner deadline is or when your lien deadline is. Just go to calculine.com, put in your information, and we'll send one to you for free in the mail. You'll get it in a few days. I am Alex Barthet. I am a board certified construction attorney here in the state of Florida. And today we're going to talk about liens, bonds, and collections, the basics. So you can start 2023 off with a bang. Um, so let's get started. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the lien law basics. We're going to talk about claims on payment bond basics. We're going to talk about some collection tips and tricks that you can use. Um, and then I'm going to give you some free tools you can use to help manage the timing of liens, what to file and when, um, and some other neat tools that you can put to use right away. So let's go through the lien law basics. So what are the steps that you need to follow in order to secure your lien? So step number one, you need to serve a statutory document here in the state of Florida called a notice to owner, and that needs to be served no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials to the site. Now, if you have a contract directly with the owner, so if I'm the commercial owner or the residential owner, um, then you don't need to serve a notice to owner. The notice to owner is not required if you are in a direct contract with the owner. That being said, our advice generally is you should have a process in your office to serve notices no matter what, um, especially if you do work that where sometimes you're a subcontractor, maybe sometimes you're a sub-sub, maybe sometimes you're a, you have a direct contract with an owner. So instead of trying to figure out when you need to serve what document, you would just have a process in your office. Every time we sign a contract and it's over this amount of money, we're going to send a notice to owner. Now, the, uh, the other question we get occasionally is, is it delivery of the notice to owner or receipt of the notice to owner? And the answer is that it's receipt of the notice to owner. So the 45 days is when the owner and the contractor needs to receive this document. So if you put it in the mail on the 44th day, you're going to miss the deadline. So you want to do it soon. Um, so how do you count those 45 days? So if today is the first day that I delivered materials to the job site, today is day one. I'm not going to count day one. Um, so it's actually, I guess, technically it would be day zero. So I delivered materials to the job site today. That's day zero. Tomorrow is day one. I'm going to count every day, including weekends and legal holidays, all the way through the 45th day. Now, if the 45th day lands on a weekend or holiday, then I'm going to roll it to the next 
day that mail would otherwise be served. So effectively the next business day. So if, um, and that by the way, includes Saturdays and Sundays. So if the 45th day is a Saturday, it goes to the Sunday. And if Monday is a federal holiday and there's no mail, it would roll to the next Tuesday. Now we don't want, we don't recommend that you wait that long, but if you wanted to know the legal way to count, that's how you, um, that's how you count the 45 days. Um, so if you go to calculine.com, you can get a free tool that we will mail to you that will sit on your desk um, and it will help you calculate when the 45 days is due. The other question we get is, what is first work? When does the first work date start? Because it's 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials. So first work is when you, it is, let me back up. You can serve a notice to owner no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials. So the question is, how early can you send it? Well, you can send it as early as the day you have a contract. So if you come to my house and you're going to sell me solar panels for my house and we're talking about it and you give me a quote, but I don't sign a contract too early. You can't send a notice to owner. If you send a notice to owner, just because you met me and I told you verbally, Hey, I'll, I'll, we'll go ahead and do a deal, but I haven't signed your contract. You don't, uh, your notice to owner is too soon. Now let's say you come to my house, you sell me solar panels. I sign the contract on the spot. You and, and let's say that it's an eight week lead time on the on the solar panel. So you're not going to be back for eight weeks. That's OK. You can serve a notice to owner. Once you have a formal contract between you and the other party, so you could serve it then, um, even though you may not deliver materials for some time or you may not start work for some time. So the, the range of time to serve a notice to owner is uh, the same day or after you, you have a contract and no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery of materials to the job site. The next step is that you need to record a claim of lien within 90 days of your last work or delivery of materials to the job site. How do you count 90 days? You're going to count it just like you counted the notice to owner days. So. You're going to count um, if today was the last day that I delivered materials or did substantive work on the project. Today is day zero. I'm going to count 90 days, including every day, weekends and legal holidays, all the way through day one through 90. If day 90 lands on a weekend or legal holiday, then it's going to roll to the next business day. So if the 90th day was a Sunday, then it would be um, roll to Monday. And if Monday was a legal holiday, it would roll to Tuesday. Again, that tool I told you about, the calculine.com, will help you calculate both notice to owner deadlines and lien deadlines. If you go to calculine.com, put in your information, we'll send you one for free. So let's talk about the dates of last work. When is last work? The easier way to answer when is your last work is to talk about what isn't last work. And what isn't last work is punchless work, warranty work, or repair work. So if I'm an electrician and I've done all my work, I've passed all my inspections, I've gotten my final, the property's being used, and, and, that was, and all of that was done as of three weeks ago, 
And then now today I get called in to replace some trim pieces that are that that were damaged. Um, they were damaged when they were put in, or it's a a switch that I put in that no longer works, so I have to take it out and replace it under my warranty. According to the lien law, your last day of work, in my example, was as of three weeks ago. It's not when today I go in and replace the, the covers or the switches. Um, the other thing last work is not is the mere act of passing an inspection. So if I do lots of work three weeks ago to get ready to pass an inspection, and then today happens to be the day that the inspector comes in, walks around, passes the inspection, um, and gives me my final. But I didn't do any work today, and I haven't done any work for three weeks because it was three weeks ago that I did my last work. Under the lien law, my last work isn't the day I passed the inspection. It's the date that I did the last work. Um, change order work does count if it's approved to, ex to extend the time. So if the last work I did was 100 days ago, and then now I'm given the change order today for, you know, $2,000 for new doors to fully execute a change order. The act of signing the change order doesn't give me new lien rights, but once I prepare the doors and I deliver them and install them, now that date is will reset my 90 days. If you have a direct contract with the owner, then you also have to serve what's called a contractor's final affidavit no later than five days before you file a lawsuit to foreclose on the claim of lien. Um, if you have a direct contract with the owner and you are leaning and you are using Sunray service, you wanna also make sure that you ask them to prepare a contractor's final affidavit. You wanna do them both at the same time if you're in a direct contract with the owner, lien and contractor's final affidavit. The contractor's final affidavit doesn't get recorded, it just gets served on the owner. And it's a document that effectively says under oath, I'm the contractor, you're the owner, I'm owed this amount of money, and these are the people that remain unpaid, and you'll list them. And then the last date is you need to file your lawsuit no later to foreclose on the lien, no later than one year from the recording date of the lien. So sometimes people ask me, well, can I just re-record the lien? No, that's illegal. You can't, I mean, the clerk will technically accept it, but it would become a fraudulent lien. So no, you can't do that. Um, you have to file the lawsuit within the year to secure your, to continue that lien to remain on the property. We also have another tool. It's called the Lien-O-Matic. You can go to leanomatic.com. It's a great desk tool that you can keep on your desk. We send it to you for free, and it tells you each of these things that you need to file and when you need to file them depending on what role you have on the job and what type of job it is. You can get that again for free at leanomatic.com. So let's, so those were liens. That's when you have a lien on a piece of private property. Um, what about when you have a claim on a payment bond, whether it's public or private, either one, but if there's a payment bond that was issued by the contractor, what are the steps you need to follow? It's very similar to the steps that I have explained for um, the lien with some slight differences. So step one, you need to serve a notice to contractor no later than 45 days from your first worker delivery of materials to the job site. A notice to contractor is similar to a notice to owner. And when you use Sunray, 
they use what's called a combined form. If you ever look at it, it's called a notice to owner slash notice to contractor. It takes both forms, puts them into one document. So whether it's a public job, a private job, bonded, non-bonded, that one document covers them all. If you're doing them yourself, just know that the notice to owner form is technically a separate form in the statute than the notice to contractor form. So you need to be aware if you're doing it yourself, we strongly recommend that uh, you don't and that you use Sunray to do it because that's all they do um, day in and day out is send these notices. So who doesn't need to get this notice to contractor? So if you are a subcontractor on a bonded project, so let's say it's a, one of these condo towers or it's a school board project that's bonded by the contractor and you're the electrician, the subcontractor to the bonded contractor. Technically, you do not need to serve a notice to contractor to, to preserve your rights. Um, the person that does would be the sub-sub. So if I'm the electrician and my, let's say I hire out some labor or my material supplier, they would be a vendor to me, the sub, or they would be a sub-sub they need to serve this notice to contractor. That being said, our advice is you, you should serve the notice to contractor no matter what. You should have a process in your office to timely serve these notices, both notice to owner and notice to contractor. Is it upon delivery when I um, put it in the mail or is it upon receipt when that 45 days counts? And it's upon receipt. So if you're sending the notice to contractor, on the 44th day by certified mail, it's going to be late. So you need to do it early. And the rule applies just like the rule that I told you with the notice to owner. The way you count the days is the same. Um, and again, you can get that calculating tool for free to help you count those days so you don't have to count on your fingers. Um, and then the other question we get sometimes is, is what is first work? And again, just like with the notice to owner, you can serve this notice uh, to contractor after you sign the contract, the day of or after you sign the contract for the work, and no later than 45 days from your first work or delivery materials to the site. So the notice to contractor, step one. What's step two? Similar to the claim of lien, there's a document called a notice of non-payment. It's a sworn document. It has very similar information to the claim of lien, but it's not the exact same document. This needs to be served no later than 90 days from your last work or delivery of materials to the job site. Counting the 90 days, just like I told you before, the last day of work is day zero. Day one is the next day. You count every day, including weekends and legal holidays, all through the 90th day. When you get to the 90th day, if that happens to be a weekend or legal holiday, then it rolls to the next business day. Using the calculating tool will help you calculate those days. Last work is the same as we talked about. Um, the best way to understand what last work is is to describe what it isn't. And just like the notice to owner does not include warranty work, does not include punch list work or repair work, and the mere act of passing, passing an inspection doesn't entitle you to um, claim that date, the inspection date is the last work. It has to be last work, substantive work that entitles you to some type of compensation, um, whether that's base contract or change order work. And the last step is you need to file the lawsuit 
on the bond claim within one year of your last work. Now, remember, when we were talking about the lien deadline, it was one year from the recording date of the claim of lien. Here, it's a little sooner. It's one year from your last date of work. So the dates between uh, the dates to file a lawsuit to secure your rights on a bond are shorter than on a claim of lien. So keep that in mind. Again, you can use the Lienomatic tool um, to help you understand what to file and when. So let's talk about some collection tips and tricks. I've been doing this for about 25 years. I can tell you what works best and what doesn't. And number one, top of the list, hands down, by far, best thing to have is a written contract. You should have a contract that you or a lawyer for you prepares, it has your terms and conditions, that it's good for you when someone asks you to sign a contract, you have a contract ready to go. It's not just an invoice, it's not a proposal. It has some terms and conditions to it that protect you. Um, there is one significant exception where not having a, con a written contract is better than having a written contract. And that is when the other contract, when the other party is asking you to sign their contract, more likely than not, their contract is good for them and bad for you. So in most instances, if you have, if you're given a choice, Having no contract is typically better than signing the contract that someone else gives you. Um, but that's not always possible. You sometimes have to sign their contract. But I strongly recommend that you review their contract and you understand the terms of their contract. You don't just blindly sign it. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. What do you want to make sure that you include in any contract? There are three things at a minimum. Number one, the right to recover legal fees and costs if you have to be, if you have to sue to get paid or if you have to sue to defend yourself or, or you are being sued and you have to defend yourself. So having the written right to recover legal fees is important. Number two, having the unequivocal right to stop work if you're not getting paid. So most contracts that someone will give you say that you have to keep working even if you're not getting paid. So you want to have the express right uh, in the contract to stop work if you're not getting paid. It's not an automatic right in the state of Florida, so you have to put it in your contract. And then number three is to have a list of exclusions that you have in your contract um, that relate to your scope of work. There are things that you know that you just don't do that are not included in your in your price, in your schedule. So have that list of exclusions ready to go. That should be a part of your contract. Um, we also offer another free tool called thecontractdetective.com. It's an artificial intelligence scanning tool for your contracts, completely free to use. You can upload your contract um, in about 60 seconds. It will send you back a PDF highlighted and annotated copy of your contract indicating 10 areas of concern from indemnity, hold harmless, limitations on liability, liquidated damages, pay when paid, and many others. So if you have questions about how to review and understand a contract, you can use the free contract detective tool. It will scan your contract and it'll include links in each of those provisions with explainers on what those provisions mean. So if you want a better understanding of what liquidated damages are, you can click on the link and it will take you to a video that's about three minutes long explaining each of those items. 
you absolutely positively want to secure your lien and bond claim rights. Do not wait to send your notice to owner until you are unpaid. That is not the time to send the notice to owner. Again, as I told you, the best time to send the notice to owner is right when you sign the contract. Be very cautious about anyone that tells you not to send a notice to owner or not to lien the job. Um, technically, that's illegal in the state of Florida. No one can prevent you from sending a notice to owner or recording a lien, but just be careful. We hear clients tell us about, well, you know, so-and-so owner or contractor told me that, uh, you know, they won't pay me if I record a lien or they won't pay me if I record a notice or serve a notice to owner. Just be very careful about those folks because once you let that 45 days go on the notice to owner or the 90 days on the lien, it's nothing anyone can do to give you those rights back if you don't get paid. Next, don't sign unconditional releases. So a we have many videos. If you go to sunray.com, sunraynotice.com forward slash webinars, you'll see all the webinars we've done in the past. We regularly do free webinars on releases. Um, so this is not a whole video on releases, but just be aware that if someone is giving you a check in exchange for a release, there's the possibility that that check is no good, has not sufficient funds, or they put a stop payment on it. Or even worse, if you send them a release based on the promise of a check, you may never get the check. And if your release is unconditional, then you will have given up those rights. So our advice is to make every release conditional. Now you can use the conditional releases that are built into the Sunray system but if you have a different release that you need to sign, you can go to makemeconditionalstamp.com. We will send you for free a stamp that you can stamp on any release and it will make it conditional because it'll have the conditional language that you need to use that's in the Sunray releases, but you can now put it on a stamp um, and stamp any release to make it conditional. So it's conditioned on you actually receiving the payment. Okay, last tip, use what I call the 60-60 rule. 60 days from your last work, you need to start the lien process or bond claim process. Don't wait past this date. Don't wait until the 88th day, um, the 85th day. And the reason is, is that it takes time. When you use Sunray to do the, the claim of lien or the bond claim, they're very fast, they're very efficient. Um, if you do it yourself, maybe you can do it quickly, but it takes time to gather the information. Maybe someone's on vacation. It's got to get timely served. It's got to go to recording. All of those things take time. Do not wait till the last minute. So our advice is that if you haven't been paid and it's been about 60 days from your last work, that's when you need to start putting together the process to record a lien or serve your bond claim. So that's the first 60. The next 60 is that you, once you timely record your lien or serve your bond claim, then internally you should aggressively start collection efforts. Phone calls, emails, text messages, visiting people in their office, whatever it takes, the next 60 days should be the time that you, that you spend to try to collect the debt. But if those two don't work, do not delay in seeking legal help. The, our ability to collect a debt typically is diminished 
the longer the debt is past due. The, um, so the sooner you can start the collection efforts, the better off you're going to be. So let's recap these free tools that we talked about. Um, so we've got the Calculane, which helps you calculate the lien deadlines. You've got the Lienomatic, which tells you what to file and when. The Contract Detective tool, which uh, will scan your contracts for certain dangerous provisions. We've got the Make Me Conditional Stamp, which will help you make any release conditional. Um, I hope you put those tools to good use. Um, but again, if you have any questions, let us know. Thanks for the opportunity. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by MakeMeConditional.com. You sign lots of releases in order to get paid. And best practices suggest that you make every release conditioned on actually receiving that payment. How do you do that? By making the release conditional. Now, some releases are conditional when they're given to you, but in my experience, most are not. So you can make them conditional by adding conditional language. You can do that by handwriting it in every single time, or you can go to makemeconditional.com and we will provide for you for free a stamp that you can use that will stamp any release with conditional language so that you can simplify the process. So if you want your absolutely free Make Me Conditional stamp, just go to makemeconditional.com, fill in the information, and in a few days, you'll have your free stamp.